last week on Lore Seekers. 65 freaking lore lessons. Holy moly. It's a lot. It's a lot of lore. 21, Cologne, Germany. Cologne. Is it Cologne? Like your body? Or Cologne? God bless you. Thank you. It's Germany. Cologne. Okay. okay. It's <laughs> Cologne. <laughs> it's not Cologne. Oh. <laughs> they need to know the glory that awaits. Yeah, we're going to have a Lore Seekers meetup sometime next year. There you go. Start planning. Start putting, start mowing lawns, oh, boy, people. Oh, way to make it. <laughs> Jeez. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, my back. Ooh. My gout cleared up. Oh, I got something in my back. Yeah. It's called, a, it's called a dagger. It's called a dagger. You such a backstabber. <laughs> Why do you do me like this? What can I get you boys? Oh, hi. Wait, what are you going to order? Uh, I'm going I'm going to try Rotmeth again. I don't maybe it's different here. All right. I want a Rotmeth, but I'm into whiskey blending now and I know this isn't whiskey, but I'm doing it anyway just cuz it na- aggravates the crap out of this guy. Uh, I'll take a lemon. What's it? A, how do you say it? Mass? Yeah, that would be matzo. Yeah, I'll take a Rotmeth blended with a a pinch of lemon masta. Oh my god. What? Matza. Matza? Not yeah, Mazda like, like a the matza car? ball. Ma- okay. All right. right well, you know, oh, all right. Well, there she okay. I mean, I, you know, you're a lost cause. Like I, I can't <laughs> take you anywhere. See, I you need I need like a translation book or a live translator for you at all times because of your absolute lack of understanding of the English language. Well, you know what? Words are hard, man. Words are hard. I'm luckier in another state because if you were here, I would have bruises all over my face. (sighs) Yeah, you would. Yeah, because I'm lethal. I'm I'm a bruiser with my my bare fists. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, what are you up to, man? What, how's yeah. how's your week been? And I have had one heck of a week. Like on top of an incredibly mental week in real life, just just big boy stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big boy life decisions and all kind like professional decisions I've that I've had to make this week and all kinds of stuff. And I'm not talking about you know going on emergency calls and stuff. I'm just talking about like my future. As a human, life decisions, man. It's just been full of freaking stress. Yeah. And but I, I do got to say the one thing that I'm so happy about coming back to all the time that makes me happy is whiskey. No, I'm just kidding. I mean ESO. It's ESO. <laughs> That's called alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drink alone too. Um, whiskey, whiskey does help, but um, but ESO is um, has been my savior this week for sure uh, in the mental realm. But well, um, good. And let me let me tell you why. Okay. <laughs> I've had such a great freaking week. Okay, so I leveled up my Magicka Templar. He is now CP level. Um, what? I hit 
I hit CP 911. I was super happy about it. I took all kinds of screenshots and stuff just because I thought it was kind of funny because of what I do for a living and CP 911. Eh. Anyway, uh, I think I'm now like 913 or 914. Anyway, mm-hmm. 914. I can see it right on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really enjoying my Magicka Templar. Mm-hmm. Beastly. Mm-hmm. Beastly class. Right. Right now, anyway. Yep. Um, but one of the biggest things that happened this week. I have to give a major shout out to Mr. Von Jamestein, mm-hmm. for one, mm-hmm. and Soul Breacher. These two gentlemen have allowed me access to an amazing Discord where I had the absolute most unbelievable dream run of Veteran Sunspire. First time I got through. Oh, man. With some pretty freaking heavy hitters. I was so honored. To have been there and to have learned from these guys because they were pretty awesome people and just a really super fun bunch. That's great. Super fun bunch to hang with for a little while. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Soul Breacher was in there. He's a streamer. He's, I think he's in chat. Um, Ninja614 was there. Mm-hmm. So I got to chat with him a little bit more since the last time we saw him in uh, Sacramento. Tech and Junk was there. Mm-hmm. And a very, very special guest who got his skin alongside me. There was only two of us that hadn't that didn't get their or that hadn't had their skins prior to this evening. Yeah, Rich Lambert. Oh no there. way! That's fun. Yes, yes, really fun. He is a beast at DPS. Oh really? And he talks an epic level of shit. <laughs> so that was really, really a good time. Oh. Um, I had. A blast. We got our skins. We had two runs of Vet Sunspire. The first run was so smooth and just great tutoring and what to do, what not to do. I got put in a couple different situations in that particular dungeon or in that particular trial with mechanics I hadn't done before. And they were super patient because I totally effed it up a couple times. (laughs) But (laughs) it was so much fun our first run was super smooth and the second run is when the whiskey kicked in because we were totally shit-faced on the second run (laughs) and it took us a few times to get through it but we ended up getting through it just fine and so anyway just massive shout out to those guys i had a blast i thank you so so much and that is actually what we are aspiring to do at lore seekers yeah that's to build awesome. a, vet, a vet trials team. So just to get yeah. to learn was really, really cool. Um, and did I think that I was up to par with those dudes? Hell no. But I had a blast. So well, anyway. Well, I'm glad you have fun. That's awesome. Yeah, man. man. That was that was pretty much my week in ESO. And then, you know, just my regular daily logins, doing my thing and mm-hmm. doing my daily dungeons and all that stuff. But I am really enjoying this Magic of Templar. He will be going to trials for sure. He's that's, a blast. That's crazy how... Uh... How it's so funny, like you find after all these expansions, you know, all these chapter releases, yeah. what you find that you love is something that was there from the beginning. Yes, and I'm finding and I've already had a magic Templar. I've already leveled one up and murdered him. Yeah. I have a second one too that's a healer. Right. But I haven't had like really given a true look at DPS Magic Templar. And it's very strong right now. And let me just say this. I'm running I'm running, I think I'm running Grothdars for my two-piece. I'm running False Gods. And I'm running, I want to say, I think it's War Maidens I'm running. 
mm -hmm. my jewelry and my weapons. Mm -hmm. And um, everything's purpled out. I don't have anything golded out because I'm freaking out of money and I'm out of resources. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to do some serious I'm grinding. I'm broke. But Back on the his corner. DPS is insane. I'm like, are you kidding me? So maybe it's just... It's an easier, um, and I'm using, I'll just throw this out there. I'm using Zynode's off-balance Templar build. Mm -hmm. I really like it. It's it's really good. For resource, I went Breton. For resources, and, you know, you set something off-balance, and then you do a heavy attack, and, like, whoop, half your bar comes back. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. So I'm really, really enjoying the build and really enjoying the class, and... I think I might like it better than all the other ones. Yeah. Well, so you, far, this week. <laughs> this week on Lore Seekers. It should be more like our class this week on Lore yeah. Seekers. Last week on Lore Seekers, Cash found his favorite <laughs> class. This week oh. on Lore Seekers, Cash finds his new favorite class. <laughs> <laughs> this week we murdered our favorite class. I don't class. even care. I don't feel bad. Not even a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How well, was good, your week, man. buddy? Uh, good. Uh, it was... I love... Love, 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 love. The dynamic healing that of a necro it, that it provides. I love it. I love the dynamic feel to it whenever I'm healing with a necromancer. And that is for sure 100% going to be my main as far as endgame. I oh. will DPS if I have to, but I really enjoy healing. I love it. I love because it's not just breath of life, breath of life, breath of life. It's more... And I'm not saying that's all Templar is. Don't get offended. Because I love, I loved, I really enjoy Templar. But I like Necromancer. I love the way the heels stack. And I just really, really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, Living Death. Time. Living Death is a good line. It's a very good line. And when you can mix it with the other Resto Staff, resto staff skills, yeah. it's it's good. And there's a lot of healers out there. I know Hyperpixie went specifically to Necro Healer too, and she's really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are there's a lot of people out there that have played Templar healers, and there's some that are diehards that stay there, and then others who have really branched out and just went, "Oh, this necro healing is good." It's fun, yeah. It's really really fun, yeah. And so yeah, I've been playing that, and uh, I have a I have a you're talking about real life stuff for you. I have something that happened today, and uh, so you know like it's a big it's a big day. I, it was just like you know what this is awesome. My wife was stoked. It was a good time. So, you know, I talked previous episodes, you know, I went to keto and lost like 30 pounds and and had this awesome time. Right before I started, I tried to put on these pair of pants. I was going through these, this closet. I couldn't even, I couldn't even get close to putting these on, right? And today, I put those gold pants on and I had room, baby. What? And I'm just saying, wait, wait I had some room. It was awesome. Wait a minute. What? There, are, there what? are two things to cover here. What? <laughs> Let's get this one out of the way. First of all, I'm so stoked for you. I'm very proud yeah, of you man. for, Gold for pants. the weight loss. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for the weight loss and the fact that you can fit into said uh, pants. Yeah, man. However. What? What in the actual... Are you doing with a pair of gold pants? What I say? Gold? You said gold pants. No, I said gold. You know, like weight loss gold pants. Gold pants. Oh, yeah. 
Hang on a minute. What do you Give think I do? Like, wear to platform shoes on at night and like Fridays and go dance disco with gold pants on? I don't know. Dude, you wear Crocs, mix whiskey, and have matching sweatsuits. So what <laughs> am I supposed to am I supposed to <laughs> Am I supposed to be surprised that you don't would make have fun a of a man's sweatsuit? <laughs> I'm think I am immediately thinking like sequins and freaking Austin Powers <laughs> too and gold. <laughs> Isn't I'm that v? I'm bedazzled my butt talks pocket. Oh my god! <laughs> even rich, even rich is in chat, and he says, "Oh, I totally heard gold." Ah. Oh, bro, way to join the chat, rich, right then, of all <laughs> times to show timing. up. Perfect timing. Oh my gosh, no! I put on these pants I couldn't wear, and I'm a. Th- then mother effer. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Yeah. Dana Timken even remembers that you wear cargo shorts to weddings. That was a very casual wedding. I feel mm, like I need to go a, grab said pair really, of shoes and show them off. I don't know. They looked good. Don't do that. All right. Well, <laughs> we should get started. Don't do that. Oh, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. This is Lore Seekers, where we talk... The Elder Scrolls Online. I feel like it should be Thrill Seeker. Thrill Seeker! All right. Anyway, uh, this is Volume 5, Episode 2. And uh, <laughs> we are your hosts. What? You, you've never thought of that? I'd totally go around the house singing, Lord Seeker! And then you finish it I off don't, with... I don't, I don't really do that. And then you, you remember the old board game, uh, Crossfire? You get caught up in the... No, I actually, I actually what, think of ways that? to... Con- I actually think of ways to contribute to the show, not to sink it. <laughs> well, I thought it was pretty clever. All right, so we're your hosts. Uh, my name's Jordan Butts, Chips for short, and uh, joined by my good buddy from SoCal, Cash. Apparently, I need to either do a disclaimer or just a flat-out apologize for my friend today. Because he's, he's on meth or freaking something. <laughs> I do not know what is up with you today. I'm just happy, rad. Man. I'm just happy. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And no, uh, we don't condone the use of meth. It's terrible for you, for everything, for you, your family, and especially for your teeth. So it's true. This before and after pictures. Those are rough. That's all I'm saying. I know what you're talking about. Yep. You want to turn oh. into a necro, go ahead and do the math. <laughs> Have at it. Hit hard. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, if you listened last week, we answered your fan mail, talked ESO in Germany, which turns out it's Cologne, not Colin. In case you want to know, uh, we got <laughs> quite gone. Dungeon Lore was back, and we did a lore lesson on the second era. But this week on the show, friends, we're talking about our first trip to E3 next year together. Nope, hang on. Uh, we're talking fan mail. We're talking uh, Dungeon Lore again. We're progressing through our dungeons. We're in Darkshade Caverns 1 this week, and we're doing a lore lesson on... That's your cue. The third era. Drink yourself a cup of coffee. Because this one's boring as hell. I'll try to make it totally non-boring. But I'm literally writing this lore lesson, and I'm like, my head. You like nodded hitting, off in your own lore lesson. Is hitting Way to hype table. it up. Way to market. Yeah. No, it, I still want no. y'all to be there. If I still want I you swear all to listen. God, if viewership drops off right when I get to my lore lesson, I will hunt you all down <laughs> with hips and hugs. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well. Oh, we should probably get started. Oh, hey! I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. 
Thanks. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, that was that was wasn't ready for that yet. Bad chips. Whoa, that was a little premature, premature wasn't it, Jim? Yeah, that was a little. That was a little rough. That's what she said. <laughs> Someone's been watching The Office. <laughs> a lot of oh, The Office. I love that so bad. I love The Office. And Parks and Rec yep. never gets old. Does not get old. All right. Well, it's time for that fan mail. You bring us the goods. You bring us the desticks. We talk about it. Your voicemails, emails, right here, live on the show. And uh, first up tonight, today, whenever you're listening, Friday morning, this is uh, Logan on Class Quests. Let's take a listen. Hey, Jibs. Hey, Cash. Hey, uh, I actually just left y'all voicemail. This is Logan. Um, this is more pertaining to y'all. It doesn't matter if it's on the show or not. Um, so I was listening to Volume 4, Number 9, Pelantine, just now at work, um, trying to catch back up with you guys. And someone came on about class quests. Now, I know then Zoss listens to y'all, and uh, so, and y'all might have a little fun with this. I had an idea for class quests. Um, maybe every time in, you level up in, like, Templar or Necro or whatever, and they've already done this great thing with claiming rewards as you level up, but instead you have a quest that pops up every time you would unlock an ability, and it lets you go try out at a sword trainer or a archery trainer or a ma- uh, magicka trainer and let you try out that ability on like dummies granted i know you have dummies that you can put in your house your houses but you know sometimes people don't want to waste the skill points and for newer players just coming into the game it really helps out or if you're wanting to work on a certain build or you're wanting to do pve or pvp having a trainer that you can practice abilities and give you hints on how to best use those abilities inside the game, I think would help a lot of newer gamers out. Um, just want to know what y'all's thoughts were on it. Um, if you wouldn't mind just touching a little bit on the air, you don't have to play the voicemail. But I'm genuinely curious on what y'all think about it. All right. All right. Helps Too late. Mute we're myself. playing it. Helps if I mute myself. Too late, buddy. <laughs> Helps if I mute myself. All right. So, Logan on Class Quest. You know, we've seen this pop up numerous times in our inbox from people talking about the idea of wanting class quests or some type of system related to that. Yes, and I I believe there is something like that that was just very recently implemented in the game in the form of the um the uh what's the trait thing that helps you out? Look it up. Skuma. No, it's not Skuma. The trait thing. Yeah. The uh advisor. Oh, the class advisor? Yes. Oh. Skills advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's there. Now, granted, it's not in... It's like some other MMOs you have... Not in dialogue format. You have to go to a trainer. Like, you level up and, like, you have to go to a trainer to actually level up. So, I think in this game, it streamlines it a little bit and puts it right there on your screen for you, even though it's not an NPC that you have to talk to. And I really like that. Even though at this point, I kind of know the game well enough to... I usually turn it off. Mm. But for new players, the skill advisor is an outstanding addition to the game. Second that. That being said, I am all about adding lore and realism to the game. So if that skill advisor were to come from an NPC who at the same time would teach you about the history of your class. So like I see it as 
skill advisor on one side and class quest on the other. When I think class quest, I think somebody is running me through a quest line that has to do with the necro. Teaching me why I became a necro, teaching me what necro is all about. Or has to do with the Templar. Maybe you have to go to the Chantry. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where your your quest giver is, where he gives you stuff. Maybe for Nightblades, you have to go to an Outlaw's Refuge mm-hmm. to meet with your trainer. Would that be amazing? And would I absolutely have a tickled fancy? Oh, yeah. But you're talking major game systems needing uh, an overhaul in order to put that kind of stuff in the game. Yeah. But don't get me wrong if they want to put the work into it. Heck, yes, I am all about learning the lore of my class. I mean, I've never been one to really turn down any nice new fancy features, especially something that's dialogue and more of a connection to your class. I think that's one thing that that would really do at the end of the day. Um, because, I mean, yeah, you're right. It would be awesome. And it is already in the game, really, the class advisor, which I second. It's a great right. resource for new players. It yeah. really, really is. Sometimes I use it just for fun. And uh, I love it. I think it's great. Um, but I think if something like that were really implemented, really what it would give you, most of all, is that connection. Another layer of like connections with your character. Because... Now, can you imagine doing a class quest that forces you to... Like, you're the warden. You got to go out there and... Right? Okay, I'm talking wall of crazy now. All right. I'm talking wall of crazy. And you know what's funny? If Rich is still hanging out, he's probably just shaking his head, just going, oh, shut that (laughs) up, you two. (laughs) Wall of crazy, okay? (laughs) Class quest that teaches you the history and the lore behind your class because I'm not going to lie I think that could be bettered in the game like when I when I look for lore I there you I can't find anything on the warden it's it's super 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 refined there's just a little bit of stuff in there and like even templar I've recently started looking for templar stuff and there's some out there but it's more um it, you really got to search for it um, okay, so I digress. The here's my here's my idea. A class quest system that opens up different quest lines at different levels for you. So it's level based. As you progress, you get the next step of the quest. Kind of like Mage's Guild and some of the other uh, guilds and things that you have to level up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it takes you through the lore of your class, and at the end. You get a weapon based on your spec or of your choice that is upgradable through the rest of the game. That's wall of crazy stuff. Almost, That's all I'm saying. Sounds like artifact weapon from Warcraft. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it kind of does. Okay, you can shoot me if you want. Well, but we can move on. I mean, you know. <laughs> I just think that that sounds so. I got. Awesome I got what have. you're saying though. I got what you're saying. So you want like a tiered class quest system experience. Yeah. Basically having its It'd own really mini cool. storyline to it. But it's wall of crazy. If it doesn't show up, I'm not going to stop playing this game. It's just what I'm saying. I have I have a mess load of wall of crazy stuff. Oh, so do I. Like I want I want competitive arenas. That's what I want. Real bad. I want flying mounts. Real bad. Oh <laughs> my. <laughs> I'm so kidding. God. <laughs> In heaven. So just... 
<laughs> okay, hey, let's move on. I'm okay. just kidding. I right, you haven't seen the episode up. from The Office yet. Never mind. All right. <laughs> no, I'll wait. Okay. Unless you're my wife and you want to ruin it for me. That's what no. she does. No, I, I okay. will not do that thing. All right. So, yeah, I think a class quest system would be great. Uh, of course, that'd be awesome. All right. So, anyway, Logan, thanks so much for the voicemail. We appreciate it. Next on the docket, we've got uh, Andrew. Well, here you go, Cash, on Dream Content. Let's take a listen. Hey, Lord Seekers, just wanted to say this is Andrew, also known as Androx32, to a big thank you again to Cash for helping me get across to this uh, amazing guild. Here's like a very good question for you guys. There's one thing you could see in the game that you would love or dream about to have that you may feel that may be a little broken based on maybe rules, reasons, maybe something's awesome to put in that you guys love seeing in the game just for fun, for thought. Let me know what you think. Again, you guys are an amazing group. I appreciate being a part of you guys' journey and everything. Take care. More Seekers for Life. More Seekers for Life, yeah. All right. So, you want to go first, hmm. Ding Dong? Nope. I want you to go first. You're on the spot because i got to think. I'm going to say this till the cow comes home. What I want involves... I don't know if you've ever heard that statement. That's an Indiana thing. Till the cow comes home. So it, that 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 progressively means I, I have. I've okay. I've lived you on know, the planet just, Earth well, for you know, a few you're years. You're from Cali, and you know, people eat people out yeah. there. So we're totally segregated <laughs> in California. It's a it's a bubble. It's falling off the Earth. That's all I'm saying. All right. So uh, anyway, I'm going to say this till it's there, and I'll say it all day long. Wall of crazy for me. Dream content. Here we go. I want a tinkerer skill line. That's all I'm saying. All right. it, I'll give you The that. Dwemer disappeared. Their formulas didn't. I want to build things. I want to be able to make things. I want to build I things. I want to build things with my fingers. <laughs> all right? So that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Build a non-combat I want to know pet. what the hell happened to the Dwemer. I, I totally get it. I don't it. need to know what happened to them. That's, what? Because I know that's not going to happen. and That's not, that's not going to... Look, let's, let's be realistic. There's only one person that knows what happened to Dwemer. And who's that one person? Todd Howard. When angels sing. Yeah. Yeah. And he will not tell anybody. And I'm pretty sure that would be the ultimate surprise. Say, hey, guess what? You're, I mean, you're going to reveal what happened to the Dwemer in ESO. I really don't think he would do that. But that being said, I'm not talking about that. I just want a skill line where I can craft things. I want to be able to craft a non-combat pet. I want to be able to craft... Oh, like a like like uh, you know just oh wow all kinds of stuff. I just think that'd be fun, and that's me. See, I like that idea. I think, but I think crafting a non-combat pet that would have to be that would have to be across all classes. So that would have to be added to crafting. Yes, well, it'd be its own skill line. So you know, tinker or whatever the heck you want to call it. I don't care. Oh, is a crafting not as a class? What did I say? Class? I'm sorry. I meant cr- uh, no, 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 no. That's just how I was taking oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But what's the class that you would want? And this isn't what I want. I mean, I do want oh, it too, class. but this isn't my answer. If you had to pick a class based on that, I already know what you're going to say. What is it? Engineer. <laughs> See? Engineer would be a kick-ass class right? in Elder Scrolls Gosh, Online. That brings back Guild Wars 2 memories right there. That, oh. Yeah, that brings back uh, Guild Wars 2 memories and Warhammer Online memories. Yeah. 
Oh, that man. was a really cool class with the Tinker line. Oh, oh my gosh, Rich, are you still in chat? Oh. Are you taking notes? <laughs> <laughs> He's flipping me off like, no, no, I'm not. As he takes a drink. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You, okay, so, yeah. oh, man, I love that. I love that. <laughs> he said, nope, not listening. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, okay, so mine, I think mine is, is a little, man, maybe it's not so simple. I want to see some of the other continent. At some point, it doesn't have to be ESO. It could be Elder Scrolls single player, whatever iteration in 10 years, 15 years, whatever. Eventually, mm. I want to see, um, I want to at least be able to find out where Old Mary's is, what happened. I would love to step foot on Atmora. I would love to step foot on Piandania. Oh, yeah. Um, Dirty talk. You know, just expansion further than Tamriel. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm done exploring Tamriel because there's just way too much to explore. But that's what I would love to see for the future of Elder Scrolls as a whole, as a franchise. Do you? I don't mean to get too off topic here, but do you think there's room for an ESO2? room for an ESO2? Like in this, is it, would that, like, I mean, like, upgraded graphics, you know, today's graphics. And, do you think that's, like, there's room for that in the MMO space right now? Like, something that would be realistic? I don't think it's needed right now. Yeah. Like, not even anywhere near needed right now. If you look at, uh, look at a game like World of Warcraft, an updated graphics engine was needed in 2004 when the game came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. exhausted it right in building a game that's freaking gorgeous and has stood the test of time so i right now no i mean is there room for it uh, 10 years down the road yeah probably there's definitely room for it but right now i just don't think it's needed it, it's one of the most beautiful games i've ever played yeah i second that so, i i often think uh i don't know I, I don't know if it was just like so like visual so much visual eye candy but i often think of somerset and how much, like, I, I make a new character, and I'm like, I want to go do that story again. That's the first time I've ever said that about an expansion, an MMO, any MMO, period. Wow, even over, like, Morrowind? Because I would think that you would you would just I, be completely oh, mentally linked to Morrowind. Well, I am, but it's just, there's something about Somerset that was... I don't know if it was the story combined with those visuals, but that was just a... Yeah, candy. It was such an incredibly fulfilling experience that, like, you had yeah. the highs and lows with the conversations with, with the NPCs, the stuff that's going on there, and there's just so many layers. And you combine that with the visuals, it's just like, oh man. I w I will say this about Somerset. I really did enjoy Somerset. I've only done the, the playthrough one time. Yeah. Um, I loved the surprises that were there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that were unexpected. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really worried about spoilers at all, but you know the uh, the the Daedric princes that you encountered and some of the uh, the other characters that you got to see that just popped into your story. Like, sounds familiar. And you're like, oh, there was a lot of those moments in Somerset, and I think more so than elsewhere. And then elsewhere was elsewhere. The story was driven enough, and I think we were all just like so. I wouldn't want to say blinded, but I would say just wowed by the dragons and the 
I guess that pun was totally intended, but I think we were, re I think we were really just like amazed that dragons oh, were here, were here in our game. And it still resonates um, this day, I think. Right. And I really did enjoy the story in Elsewhere yeah. more than the storyline in Somerset, but there were just more surprises to me personally in Somerset. And on top of that, just the visuals were like, whoa. Yeah. This is like a hundred percent a high fantasy world on Somerset and Artam. Yeah. Whereas when you go to elsewhere, elsewhere looks more like Sedona. I'm like, well, I've been there. <laughs> right. So right. It, it looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they really are kind of polar opposite in that regard, aren't they? They were. And then, and the mystique of the Khajiit. Oh my gosh. It just, it, it a hundred, a hundred percent won my heart. Absolutely. With elsewhere. Absolutely. So I, I will say this forever. Uh, I feel like, because of the different types of personalities and the the first stock that were showcased so far and elsewhere, the NPCs alone feel in infinitely larger than Somerset because of the there's uh, there's feels like there's so much more personality coming from the NPCs themselves and I don't know if it's because it's the Khajiit you know like just the way that they talk because everyone is so different and it's not just all snooty high elves that hate that you're there. <laughs> Who are you calling different? I'm not different from anybody. Hairball. So, I mean... Did you say hairball? What? When? I thought you said hairball. No, not at all. I'm like, oh, now you're screwing with me. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Oh, anyway. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for the voicemail. We appreciate it. And finally, we got an email here. This one is from Alvin. He says, hi, Lore Seeker Cash and Jibs. Alvin Awesome here from the Lore Seeker Guild. Hey, you're in chat. Uh, greetings from Middle Earth. In other words, New Zealand. I first want to say I love the show. I've binged listened to it from start to the latest episode. I listen to it in the car, at work, and at home. I'm sorry you had to listen to our voices that much, Alvin. I know. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you have to you, you have to like be a human sometimes. You can't just have your earbuds in all the time. <laughs> even when I'm with but thank you. Even when I'm mm, man, this hits me. I love this. Even when I'm with my kids as the clean content makes it perfect for dads like me. I just have a quick question. I was looking at the recent patch notes, and apparently skill lines will be purchasable with the same mechanics as the current Sky Shards. One character must have the skill line maxed before it can be bought. Do you think this is pay to win or pay for convenience? I love this game, this community I've been a part of for almost three years. I started on the Xbox and moved to PC. I don't want it to be ruined by real money transactions like a certain game. I know, <clears throat> wow, that's P2W, pay to win. As always, keep up the amazing work for the community, the devs, and the game itself. You keep me loving this game even more. Thanks. Thank you, Alvin. Yeah. That was very nice. It was nice. You take the lead. Um, it, it, This is a rough question because um, skill lines, purchasable. Sky Shards, I'm like, eh. That one is more out of convenience yep. to me. Yep. Because, um, you know, you, you have to spend in-game time to be able to get those things. So, some people don't have all that playtime. So, to have those Sky Shards opened up on a character that you've already unlocked it on is very convenient. Now, skill lines, if it were just you can open up the skill lines as quick as you want, all I see that as is increasing the level of your character quickly to get the things that you want for the build that you want. 
if it was just that alone and the fact that you had not already earned it on another character, I would 100% say that it was pay to win. But the fact that you have to earn it on a character first, to me, makes it convenience not to pay to win. That's my opinion. I, I second that. Sticking to it. Yeah, no, I second that. Now, my per- opinion is coming from somebody who I have not... I mean, I have not maxed out all those, you know, those guild skill lines on every, every character. There's some people who are, you know, they're very into that because they want to get certain skills, et cetera, especially Sigic Order, you know. And um, so I get why they why this would be great for them. Um, and yes, you know, I, I saw that in the patch notes, Alvin. I didn't talk about it yet on the show because I want to see eventually where it really lands come, you know, Scalebreaker because we will be definitely talking about it around that time just to see, you know, what they finalize. But... There's a part of me that that really that does like it, but there's also a part of me that doesn't. And let me tell you why. And um, again, coming from the perspective of somebody who has not maxed out those guild skill lines on all my tunes, etc. So you know, I know that's a grind. And that wears Crocs. <laughs> and they're 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 more like canvas slip-ons. All right. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I hate you so much. I know you do. That's what makes it so fun every week. <laughs> but to me, like, and Cash and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, I like the... I like earning things in MMOs, and this is 100% personal preference. I love, like, Cash a long time ago was talking about a game you played where, you know, it took 45 minutes just to get from one place to the other. You know? And it's... And that, to me, is it was an experience that he had that turned into a memory that he was able to share with me. And that whole conversation came out of, you could say, quote-unquote, inconvenience within a game. You know what I mean? And so It was definitely inconvenient to travel from the base <laughs> all the way to the front lines in World War II online for 45 freaking minutes. Yeah. And, and then, get, then get headshot, and you have to go all the way back. <laughs> And so I played that game for two years. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like that's the things that I personally enjoy. So this is more personal taste. I, I really this is definitely pay for convenience. But you you know with you having to earn them already previously, I can see why people would get into you know get into this. That being said, me personally, I enjoy earning it across the board. I enjoy that inconvenience because that is man that's the bread and butter of MMO memories. The things that you talk about five years down the road, let's say 15 years down the road, whether ESO here is here or not, you have a time that you can, you know, just regurgitate a memory that you had Ooh. from the pre- <laughs> previous years in this game. Couldn't you, just, couldn't you just recall said memory? Yeah. Did you have to puke it up? Okay, that's fine. Well, too. you know, it, was, it seemed flashy at the moment. Was that was that a wrong choice? I went full boss. No, you're good. No, I was like, okay. All right. So anyway... I, there's a part of me that likes the inconvenience because I, I like just, you know, if I'm going to play an MMO, I'm going to vest myself, take my time, take it all in, you know, that's part of it. But then again, on the flip side, I see why people would really like this, and I'll most likely take advantage of it as well. So, you know, apples to apples, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, you know, well, because you got to look at, too, the amount of characters that you and I build. Yeah, that's a stupid. Create amount. level. So, 
It makes sense. And, and uh, Von Jamestein in chat was saying, having the satisfaction of finishing the skill line is great, but there's nothing wrong with wanting a shortcut to the second, third, fourth, and tenth tune, which I completely I agree with yeah, that. I cannot disagree with that. Yeah. Right. And and especially because it's not cheap. They're not, when you look at the, at the prices, it's not cheap. It's the crown store. We know that the, those items are normally an ouchie. Yeah to the pocketbook so if you really want it then yeah go grab it and, and do your thing and that's that's the beauty i think of the crown store is that there's so many items and you may like the prices or not like the prices but i just kind of wait i just sit on my crowns and when something pops up it's like christmas to me when something pops up that i have to have that's what i've saved my crowns for shoot your eye out with that thing kid yes shoot your eye out <laughs> So like every time, uh, every time a new Crown Crate season comes out, yeah. I got to see what's up. Right. So yeah. I put in, you know, my, my freaking beer money into that. And that's just how I, how I enjoy rolling. But I will, I'll sit and wait for weeks and nothing will come out in the Crown Store that I want. So if skill lines is something that you want, save your stuff the best you can and go for it. Yeah. There you go. So, so. Somebody in chat's telling us to have a drink. 97 Bravo. My friend, how are you? There we go. Let's have a drink. Salute, my friend. All right. Well, hmm. that H2O Man, is we good. Were long, we were long-winded on that we one. We were long-winded, yeah. All right. So, uh, quick note. There's zero news today, except crowns are on sale. Alert. Crowns are on sale. Alert. Do it. Dive. Dive. You know dive. You wanna. Go, go, go. <laughs> you know you want to. All right. Well, it's that time. Let's do some dungeon lore. There is a fly in the studio, and I swear to God, I want to melt I, all of his relatives, including himself. <laughs> I noticed he kept swatting, but it was. I want to kill his children. <laughs> I want to do so many bad things to the to his larva. It's nuts. Do flies have larva? I guess it is larva. Oh my god! Oh, there it goes, right across your face. I'm literally gonna jab him and knock all my equipment off the desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Okay. Oh. Uh, my friends, we are continuing our Dungeon Lore series uh, tonight. We're hitting Dungeon Lore number seven, which is Darkshade Caverns one. And um, <laughs> I'm sure you've all been in there. Did I just hear a <laughs> yeah. no. like, Is that mine? Not only do we have chat saying, Jesus, beam the fly. We've also got your Khajiit in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is my, my door is ajar. So it's like, hey, dum-dum, just push it open. Oh, I did not know. I love whenever door was open. I love it looks so closed. <laughs> I wonder if it was those long meows. It's just like it's saying in the background, Dad. I one of my one of my boy naked Khajiit has that meow. <laughs> he sounds like a lamb. It's hilarious. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's continue with our dungeon lore, my friend. We are doing the dark shade cavern. It's happy to be here. One. <laughs> I mean, he's just letting everyone One. know, hey, I'm here. I'm out and about. It's your non-combat so pet for the night. So right about the time you're loading in, your loading screen, this is when your spouse is normally yelling and screaming at you and you're getting all kinds of spousal aggro. So your head's turned like this. <laughs> and you don't quite know what's being said. Turn your head back around to your screen and read this amazing text. These caves have the distinction of being the most famous Kwama mines in Dishan. Dark elves consider Kwama eggs a delicacy, 
and those harvested from Darkshade Caverns are particularly prized by Dunmeri Gourmet. So you will find Darkshade Caverns 1 in Deshaun. It's in the, the area of Siltrine. And the location is in southeastern Deshaun. The biggest quest you can do there, above and beyond the quest that you would get for Undaunted, or pledges, would be called Mine All Mine. It's a play on mine, Jibs. Because it's not like the possession mine. It's an actual, like underground mine oh, you understand i get it now you're such i didn't good. before but i okay. got it now all right so anyway mine all mine your objectives are to investigate a disturbance in deshaun's largest quama mine well let's dig into that story just a little bit deeper as deshaun's largest quama mine the cavern's ownership remains very hotly contested in the region the caverns also contain the hidden dwemer ruin of very difficult word Rukugams. Rukugams. What? It's R-K. Yeah. Like, okay. So R-K-U-G-A-M-Z. That's, that's, uh. Rukugams. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a first grade word. Come on, Cash. I'm literally starting to think that the Dwemer yeah. were freaking full Bosmer. Just hammered like, all the time. Yeah, it's like hieroglyphics <laughs> trying to. Wouldn't that be the? Wouldn't that just be crazy? The Dwemer come back and they're all completely hammered twenty four seven. That's just how they talk. Yeah, they're just like the the drunk meth heads of Tamriel, <laughs> and they can't spell. That's the problem. Rock'ems. All their all their scholars are high. <laughs> anyway, all right. The Dwemer ruin oh. of Kugams. That's what I'm going to call it. So in the normal version, Tervasadri, Tervasadri, I know you've heard that in the dungeon before, yeah. wants you to help him reclaim his mind from the thugs within. You can learn about its location from Madzeba outside of Elden Root, you get a quest, Lady Blade outside of Wayrest, or Hranir Icy Main outside of Mournhold. And we are going to talk a little bit about item sets and enemies and such, but I'm going to start with enemies. So the ones you're going to see, the very basic enemies are going to be Pit Rats, Quama, Netch, Dwemer Constructs, Darkshade dark Aelits, Strangler Vines. Yes, Strangler Vines are the ones that you run by and forget. And then they freaking lash you and pull you back into them. It's like wife aggro. It happens out of nowhere. <laughs> strangler Vine aggro. <laughs> yeah. You think my wife would be okay with it if I called her a Strangler Vine? Eh, I don't know if that first word would really go over well. You Ooh, Strangler. Right. I think she'd, she'd just smile and say, oh, baby, it's okay. Why don't you just go to sleep now? <laughs> That's what my wife and says, too. She says that right before the murder. She says, yeah, she goes, it's okay. I'll kill you in your sleep. <laughs> what? I'll kill you, and then I'll resurrect you for killing you again. <laughs> That's my baby girl. Living death. All right. There's <laughs> uh, so many bosses in there. You're going to have to fight Head Shepherd uh, Naloran, a Dunmer Kwama herder. You're going to have to fight a Cavern Patriarch, mm-hmm. which is a large Netch. That one sucks on this on Darkshade 2. We'll talk about that another week. Yeah, yeah it really does. Especially on Vet. That one's such a pain in the butt. Okay. Uh, then a Cutting Sphere, which is a Dwemer Sphere. The main bosses in the dungeon are Foreman Lothan, the leader of the miners. A Hive Lord, a large Kwama warrior. And the Sentinel of Kugam's 
a dwarven centurion blocking the entrance to Kugams. Jib's going to talk a little, bit about, a little bit about gear sets. Gear sets. You know what I always say. Last time I butchered it, so I'm going to really do my best to not this time. There is not bad gear sets in ESO. There's just some that are better than others. All right. It, you're going to just... Nope. Go ahead. Finish it. Finish it. Sorry. That sounds really Refill good. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you hear the first little squeak, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> They all heard that. Oh, man. That's like the time we were recording a podcast and you were playing a game during the middle of it. Only happened once. <laughs> that's oh, like talking many, back many, to many your parent. Ago. Yeah. yeah, that's like talking back to your parent. I was playing a game in the middle of our podcast and Jibs unleashed hell <laughs> upon me. Do you know, well, honestly, yeah, like I couldn't do that now because I, I like we're so engaged in our show oh and my gosh, Twitch. It's totally and different nowadays, right? It's way different. So yeah, I would never do that to you. He's not. You would know. <laughs> so anyway, for gear sets, we've got Netch's Touch. It's a light set. You get up to 833 spell crit, three pieces, 1096 max magic of four pieces, 129 spell damage, five pieces, 400 spell damage to your shock damage abilities. Now, just a heads up, that's a good intro level set for a Sork. That's 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 money right there. That's also money for really any magic attune <laughs> to get you going. That's right. Uh, next, you got medium set, Strength of the Automaton. And uh, 833 spell crit, or weapon crit, I'm sorry. And then three items is 1096 max stam, four items, 129 uh, weapon damage. Five items is up to 400 weapon damage to your physical damage abilities. Woohoo! You know, I've seen some builds with that requ- um, requested. Automaton? Yeah. I have not. Yeah, not not, not super recently, but I've seen them. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, so- the one here that I've, I've definitely seen is Netch's Touch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, next, we got tr- Armor of Truth. Wasn't there a... Never mind. I thought it was a South there was Park a sword reference. Of truth. Sword of Truth. Yeah, okay, there it is. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, this is your heavy set. Uh, two pieces, 833 weapon crit. Three pieces, 1096 max stam. Four pieces, 129 weapon damage. Five pieces, when you set an enemy off balance, your weapon damage is increased by 450 for 10 seconds. Hello, this mm-hmm. is a good entry-level tank set. Yeah, so if they were to switch out that max stamina with max uh, magicka and the weapon damage for spell damage and spell crit, this would be an outstanding one for Sorks. Because that five-item that five item set, or five-item uh, bonus... When you set an enemy off balance, so for a lightning stave using Sork or any magic class, when you set something off balance, your damage would be increased by 5 to 450 for 10 seconds. That would be better. Oh, man. I, I'm thinking yeah. PvP. I'm thinking uh, PvP. Just you yeah, know, that'd switch be that really up a little bit. Yeah, that'd be fun too. All right. damage set. Oh, yep. yeah. So, uh, Monster Helm, one item adds 4% healing. Two items, when you heal yourself or an ally, you have a 10% chance to summon a Dwemer Spider that heals for up to 1,049 health and restores up to 524 stamina to you and your allies within 5 meters every 1 second for 8 seconds. Now, this effect can occur 
once every 15 seconds. That's actually not, that's not too bad. I mean, it's one, it can occur four times a minute, basically. That thing can proc if you're lucky. Um, but you get some resource back. You can tell this is an older, so, an older set. It's an older set, but it's, I mean, it's even still, if you're starting off and you're running a bunch of dungeons and you need a monster helm and you happen to pick up the shoulders. Absolutely. You just throw it on there and see how it works. Use it, man. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, for achievements, we've got the Dark Shade Caverns Vanquisher. So long story short, kill all the bosses. All right. Dark Shade Caverns 1 Conqueror. You defeat them all on Vet. Now, well out of warranty. This is hard mode. All right. So defeat the Sentinel of that one word that we... Kugams? Yeah. Kugams. Kugams. And Vet Dark Shade Caverns 1 after invoking the Scroll of Glorious Battle. I hate that stupid scroll. Scroll of... All right. Uh, Vet Quama Slayer. Defeat 300 Quama in Vet Dark Shade Caverns. Vet Pit Rat Slayer. Defeat 175 Pit Rat Thugs. And Veteran Dark Shade Caverns 1. And uh, let's see what we got. Dark Shade Caverns. Survi- one Survivor. Long story short, this is a no-death run. And then you've got Dark Shade Caverns 1 Assassin. This is your speed run. Complete the dungeon within 20 minutes. Timer starts when a group member descends into the caverns. And this, my friends, was Dungeon Lore. Thanks for putting this together, buddy. You did good. Oh, thank you very much. That was like our, our run of... Um, what was the dungeon we ran last night? Um, What was the name of that one? Was it not? Oh, no, it was... Uh, Tempest Island. You mean the one with the crappy pug group? Tempest Island, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jibs and I ran... Um, I don't know if they were trying to get a speedrun achievement or what these guys were trying to do, but Jibs and I were... We like to not necessarily totally take our time, but we like to set a pace when we go through a dungeon where we're not just blasting through everything. We like to kill the things along the way. Yeah. Well, these two blokes... I don't know what they, they were they, saying. It was hard to see. It was hard to understand what they were saying because I think they were typing in Spanish, which is fine, but... I don't Basically, know they were saying they they were they were typing to each other in Spanish, and then they were typing to us like "no stop," <laughs> "no stop." We're like, "Okay," so we were just hauling butt, and we, they weren't killing anything. They were just like going to the door. Everything would stack up. We'd kill it all there. They'd die. <laughs> it just sucked. <laughs> it was not my favorite way of running dungeons. I like to enjoy it. But I like group communication. I found anyway. in dungeons. Like, I don't know if it's just you know, over time of playing this game, but now I really appreciate group communication. So, as you can imagine, somebody yeah. like me from Indiana trying to understand, who can hardly read English, let alone understand Spanish. Thank you! See? I was, what? He finally admitted it! Sorry. What'd I admit? That I'm a simpleton, Cash? That's Is your, that what I'm a redneck. <laughs> that you are... I'm a good-looking redneck, that's all I'm gonna say. All right, folks. Well, Uncle Picos. It's hey, <laughs> Silencio. <laughs> bon, bon Inside joke. He knows us. He says Silencio. Oh, he was there last night. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so Jibs went to a Catholic school for thirty days before I left, and I took a Spanish class. The only thing I did learn was Silencio, and we—that's the only thing that we did. Talked to you went to a Catholic school for 30 days? And I left, yeah. 
that's all that they could handle. Uh, yeah. They were like, you are of Satan. Neither neither could the women, because as soon as I got there, I got hooked up with <laughs> girlfriends already, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> the nuns were going, get out. <laughs> Do you want to play? Jibs. Uh, oh, my God. It's the Lord. Get the hell out of my school. You're screwing everything up. And you're evil. And your crocs suck. Pretty sure the Lord would be nicer to me than that. That's all I'm going to say. That was the Lord. I, Our, don't, I don't do these things. Yeah. He just shows yeah, up. Just, yeah, just and shows up, huh? Did you know the Lord was from Tennessee? Hey, did you know the Lord isn't bald? All right, here we go. Everyone, starting off with the Lord book, it's time for that Lord lesson where I get to go refill my drink and come right back. Here we go. Your jokes don't hurt me. You know, it is going to hurt you, though. Lore Lesson 66 on the Third Era. <laughs> My friends, I hope you had your coffee or your meth or whatever you choose. Did you say meth? No, I don't condone that. Okay, well, I wondered. All right, I'm... I, okay. <laughs> Silencio. We are All continuing... Right, Silencio. We are continuing, my friends, our saga... On the eras of Elder Scrolls, and we're continuing this week with the third era. This era was filled with a lot of this person died, this person rose to power. That person died, another person rose to power. So bear with me, we're going to try and make this as fun as possible. But there's a lot of rise and falls in this particular lore lesson. With the unification of all of the provinces of Tamriel in the Second Era, year 896, Emperor Tiber Septim, one of the most beloved leaders in history, proclaimed the beginning of the Third Era. Emperor Septim's 81-year reign would end with his death in the Third Era, year 38. Emperor Plagius, Tiber Septim's grandson, would claim the throne in that same year. In the Third Era, year 39, a 19-year-old scholar by the name of Destri Malarg would enter the Imperial City and begin his studies. Malarg would become a great historian and translator, particularly in the field of Old Redguard verse. In the Third Era, year three, er, Third Era, year 41, Emperor Pelagius is assassinated by the Dark Brotherhood. Because he had no clear heir to the throne, the crown is passed on to Pelagius' second cousin, Kintira, who becomes the Empress. Here's a little fun fact. Talking about Kintira. The most famous burglar in Elsewhere's history, Regine, was said to have stolen a tattoo from the neck of Empress Kintira as she slept. Using a magical artifact. I love that guy. I love him. Yes. I remember yes. doing the quest line elsewhere, getting that furnishing, and um, I remember some of the context you had with him. I first off, I love the voice the voiceover work, but also I'm trying to remember where he was from. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Remen, was it? Uh, Central he covered it. Yep, he was from Central. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. And there was a lot of speculation over how he was able to snatch the tattoo from the neck of Empress Kintira. Love to watch that. I'm sh I'm going to test you right now because we've talked about the artifact that he had that allowed him to do that. 
you remember? Uh, the the gray fox. Nope. Gray, the gray mask. The ring. The ring of. Uh -huh. the, the, yeah, the uh, don't hang on, don't tell me. Ring of. There's an oven there. Is it is it Kajiti? No. Yes. Yeah. That, that, yeah, it was the ring of Kajiti. That was the one. Magical that, artifact that, that allowed him cap. to have super quick speed and virtually be undetected. So, mm. pretty much anybody could have been the most famous burglar in Elsewhere's history if they had that ring. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you suck less when you got a good ring. You suck less. <laughs> All right, continuing. So, Empress Kintira dies in the third era, year 48. Her son Uriel is crowned emperor. Emperor Uriel I dies in the third era, year 64, passing the crown to his tender hearted son, Uriel II. Uriel II's rule is cursed with sickness and revolt. Ugh. And because of his very kind nature, Little is done to quell his disastrous reign. He was just super passive. So you can kind of see what's going on here. Like one ruler to the next in Tamriel. In the third era, year 82, Emperor Uriel II dies after an 18-year reign and is succeeded by his son, Pelagius II. Emperor Pelagius II inherits a large amount of debt from his father's poor governmental management. <laughs> Way to leave an inheritance uh -huh. for your kids. That's all I'm saying. Way to suck. Right? Gosh, go get a ring of Kajiti. <laughs> and suck less. <laughs> Emperor Pelagius II would die in the third era, year 98, and there wouldn't be a successor for an entire year when the emperor's son Antiochus, Antiochus, Antiochus. inherits the kingdom. During his reign, civil war would plague the land and Antiochus would do little to quell the revolt as he was more interested in filling his portly belly and his hedonistic tendencies. So he liked food and he liked sex. And that's all he <laughs> wanted to do. He could care less what was going on on the outskirts. Wow. You just... Yep. Throw it right out there. Well... Yep. All right. Second century. Third era, year 110. Somerset is nearly taken over by the Maurmer, the elves. The combined forces of Somerset and Emperor Antiochus managed to defeat the Maurmer by taking advantage of a freak storm near Pandania. That is the island that the Maurmer are from, or where they were banished to. The storm was rumored to have been created by the Sigic Order. Third era, year 111. During this year, the Knights of the Nine. This is a really interesting one. Oh, yeah. During this year, the Knights of the Nine, named after the Nine Divines, were founded by Sir Amiel Lannis. The goal of the Order was to recover the lost relics of Pelinal Whitestrake. In the Third Era, year 119, the King of Wayrest, Magnus Septum, and his queen give birth to the future Emperor of Tamriel, Pelagius the Third. Remember that Oblivion expansion? Knights of the Nine? Yes. I don't That's what the they were all about. Yeah, I don't remember the conclusion of that storyline, but seeing that lore in here, it's cool. So Pelino Whitestrake, if you remember from a few lore lessons ago, and actually a few lessons ago and several lessons before that, Pelino Whitestrake, who we do hear of in Elder Scrolls Online, he's part of the Midsummer Madness, the PvP event. Um... 
He was basically Alessia's champion during the Alessian Rebellion in Cyrodiil. And he was a wandering badass, is basically who Pelinal Whitestrike was. He would wander from event to event throughout Tamriel. He would serve as a leader in this spot, and when he got bored, he'd just wander and right. find something new. And he ended up with Alessia and helping her with the Alessian slave, re- slave Revolt, and they were successful. So, that anyway, awesome. that's, yeah, Pelina White Strike, that's who he is. Uh, the third era, year 121, the War of the Red Diamond takes place. This is a civil war between the children of Pelagius II, and these three little darlings were Potima, Sepphoris, and Magnus. This war erupts as Potima schemes to obtain the throne for herself and for her son Uriel. Potima would be defeated and pushed into the region of Solitude, where she remained for 10 years and built an undead army. She's going to sound very familiar to you very soon. So just hang on to that one. Potima. Third era, year 127, Emperor Uriel III, who was captured in battle, was being transported to his trial in the Imperial City when his carriage was overtaken by a mob and set on fire. Wow. Uriel would perish in the fire, and Sepphoris would be crowned emperor. Emperor Sepphoris's reign was a complete time of war. He would eventually defeat the armies of his sister Potima. In the third era, year 131, the Knights of the Nine, who had recovered Pelinal Whitestrike's ancient armor and relics, are formally dissolved after taking part in the War of the Red Diamond on the side of Potima. In the Third Era, year 133, the famed Redguard historian dies at age 113, leaving behind many unfinished histories and untranslated scripts. Mm. This was the gentleman that we talked about right at the front, a 19-year-old scholar by the name of Destry Millarg, who began his travels in the Imperial City. Well... He died in Third Era 133. At age 113, tell me the secret. Seriously? <laughs> Damn. I don't know. You know, he's like he's like the Yoda of Tamriel. No, I guess that'd be, uh, who's who's that bald guy we all hate? Open the... Cash. Yeah, that one. Cash. Gonna leave it at that. So chat already has this one figured out. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Nampi has it figured out over who Potima is. Was that that's where the wolf, the wolf queen came from? That's absolutely correct. Third era, year 137, Potima, the queen of solitude, also known as the wolf queen of solitude, dies during a siege at her own castle. I don't remember where it's located, but that is a lore book. You are absolutely 100% correct. There's actually two two lore books on the Wolf Queen. There's the biography of the Wolf Queen and the Wolf Queen itself. Right. And there are both lore books that are detailing Potima's life. So much lore. So much lore. It's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, except for this century. It's super boring. Anyway, uh, the third century, third era, year 200, the Empress Kataraya dies and Emperor Cinder is crowned. Yeah, that took place just before Third Era, year 100. Fun fact. When Empress 
Kataraya died in a minor skirmish in Black Marsh. It was discovered that a rogue branch of the Septum family was to blame. But this wasn't known for a long time, and the topic was very, very seriously debated by conspiracy theorists for years. But the Septums were to blame for the Empress's death. In the Thirty Era, year 202, after a very short two-year reign, the middle-aged and ailing Emperor Cassander dies. He's succeeded by Emperor Uriel the Fourth. That's the Fourth. Emperor Uriel the Fourth. I'm like, Roman numerals are hard. Uriel the yeah. Fourth would rule until the Third Era, year 247, when he dies of diabetes and is replaced by Sephiroth the Second. However, the Elder Council votes to choose a cousin closer to the original Septum line to take the crown. Andorak, Uriel IV's son, was denied the title, and his loyalists battled Emperor Sephiroth II in retaliation. They were like, hell no. It's my son. He's the one. So to end the war, the council would grant Andorak the kingdom of Shornhelm. So they're basically like, look, dude, it sucks that you didn't get it. We're giving it to a septum. You can have this area over here. Just go away. <laughs> and he went away. Basically, that's what, what shook down. All right. Third area, year 268. Emperor Uriel V is crowned and begins a campaign of invasions to secure more land and changes the public's perception of an empire weakened. Over the next 20 years, Uriel V would invade and conquer a series of islands off the coast of Tamriel, extending the empire's reach. In the third era, year 288, Uriel V would set sail with the largest naval fleet ever assembled and invade the, content, the continent of Akavir. They arrived in Seshi six weeks later. This is where stuff gets really interesting. In the third era, year 289, the Seshi attempt to assassinate the emperor in the city of Ianeth, but fail. And this, he's on their turf, invading. The emperor would be killed on the field of battle, however, in uh, the third era, year 290, giving way for his young son to take the throne upon a suitable age. His son was too young. But until he comes of age, his mother, Annika, is given restricted restricted regency. Uriel the sixth would be granted license to rule at age twenty-two, which surprises me. That's not like a um, a Game of Thrones type of thing, where yeah. you know these these little <laughs> get to take all the freaking power at a super young age. The balls haven't they, dropped yet. They literally <laughs> balls haven't dropped. Sorry, earmuffs. They, it had to be done. They literally made Uriel the Sixth wait until he was 22, and I thought that's pretty responsible. It's you smart. To make sure he's not a douchebag. Yes. Very smart. Oh, he's probably going to die in five years and be succeeded by somebody else. Oh, but yeah. it is what it is. Way it goes. Yeah. So Game of Thrones. Anyway, Uriel the Sixth officially takes control as emperor in the third era, year 313. But sadly, he would fall from his horse just seven years later and die. His sister, Morahatha, will take the throne. And I love this, that it's a man-woman thing. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's whoever's next in line. You don't have to be a dude. Right. To take control. Mm-hmm. 
And some of the best leaders in Tamriel were ladies. Some of the best <laughs> leaders in the Lore Seekers Guild are ladies. Uh, so, they literally run the guild. They the literally guild. run the guild and our lives. <laughs> and our wives approve. So <laughs> I love this about oh. Elder Scrolls. You do not. It's not just dudes this, dudes that. There's some love. There's love given to our lady friends. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. The fourth century, uh, the third era, year 313. Uriel the sixth officially takes control as emperor. We just kind of talked about that, but uh, he fell from his horse. Yeah. Sorry about the repeat. <laughs> Edits. Jim's getting edited that. Fun fact. I'm leaving it in just for that. To denote the changes that had taken place since the first volume, which was approximately 375 years, the second edition of A Pocket Guide to the Empire was ordered by Empress Morihatha. Before you move on, uh, because I actually got a chance to do a little studying of my own, my own scholarly studying. Oh, check out the big brain on James. Yeah, yeah. I literally cannot wear normal hats. My brain is literally freaking huge. All right, so... Uh, interesting thing about the books. Didn't I don't think you, I don't know if you know this. I remember seeing the pocket guides of, to the Empire. Anyway, doing a little study on the Third Era. Did you know there were three volumes, but only one and three were published? Hmm. Yeah. My friend, I did not know. Yeah, that. yeah, that's right. Big brain on jibs. You have done simpleton. Good, which now I'm going to have to try and find out why the second volume was never published. Because well, she luck. specifically, I imagine that'd be her volume. Yeah, second edition of A Pocket Guide to the Empire was ordered by Empress Morhatha. I wonder if it's because it didn't get published because she was assassinated. Well, you know, there's not much you can do when there's a dagger hanging out of your heart. Yeah, no, it was like, it was quite a few years later, though. Yeah. 16 years later? Anyway. No, it was actually longer than that. It was 26 years later. Empress Morihatha would be assassinated in year 339 of the Third Era. Oh. And her nephew, super weird, her nephew, Pelagius IV, takes over as emperor. Now, in the Third Era, year 368, Emperor Pelagius IV would die after a peaceful and successful 29-year reign. Uriel Septum Seventh succeeds him with the help of his battle mage and 100% badass mm. Jagartharn. Sound familiar? Yeah. But they continued to unite the kingdom. They were doing some good. In the third area, year 389, the Imperial Simulacrum begins. What is this? Jagartharn betrays his emperor and imprisons Uriel Septim VII in a dimension created by Jagartharn. Sounds quite sinister. In the third year, year 394, in this year, the earliest traces of the conflict that would become the five-year war would take place. Do you remember the five-year war, Jibs? Yep. I just remember because when you did the lore lesson, I was deathly ill. Yeah, you had the Nahatton flu. I had the Candy Hatton flu. You had the Candy Hatton flu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the five-year war, this is a little fun fact, my friends. The five-year war, just to recap, took place in between Valenwood and elsewhere. 
and was speculated to be caused by the Khajiiti bandits who attacked wood caravans headed for Valenwood. Remember, Valenwoodians, which are the Bosmeri, most of them had something to do with the Green Pact. Now, in the Green Pact, which was their agreement with their god, Ifray, was that in order for them to garner the protection of Ifray, they would not harm the forest in any way within Valenwood. So they wouldn't eat a leaf. They, they would put everything back where they got it. They wouldn't chop down any trees. But because of that, which I think is totally blasphemous, by the way, even though I love the Bosmer, they could take all the wood they wanted from outside of Valenwood. So they would get shipments that would come in from other places. Right. And these these Khajiiti bandits would attack those shipments. And because of that, it is speculated that this five-year war took place between Valen, Valenwood and elsewhere. That's what the Bosmer said. That's why it started. They were attacking our caravan. Or more like this. That's why it started. They were attacking our caravan. <laughs> Whereas the Khajiit said, Oh, no, no, no. I don't believe so. I believe this started because you attacked the city of Torval in retaliation for the bandit raids. So, out of character, the Khajiit said, Oh, no, no, no. The Bosmer attack on Torval, which the Bosmer decimated the city. That is the reason that the five-year war started, according to the Khajiit. Anyway, just a little fun fact. Bosmer kind of a neat war. Yeah. There are some really incredible tactics that were used by both sides. If you decide to dive into the five-year war at all, it is incredibly interesting, and it's a wormhole. So, I just like the fact that it was literally started over some two-by-fours. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. The, the cats are sneaky. Yeah, they are. And you're right. There was some legit tactics used. So if you want a good yes. read, get to read in the five-year war. It's really, 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 really good. And as a matter of fact, if you want a good lore book on it, mixed unit tactics details some of that stuff. It's excellent. Hmm. And it is in the Elder Scrolls Online. Go find it. There you go. Mixed unit tactics. Okay. The Third Era, year 396, the Arnesian War, a conflict of Ar Argonian slave revolt in House Dreslands, begins in Morrowind. In the Third Era, year 399, Emperor Uriel Septim VII is freed from his other dimensional cell by a mysterious champion, ending the Imperial Simulacrum. That's you, the player. Dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun! Anyway, but not in Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, no. And I can't even quote the game it was from. <laughs> it's one of the single-player games that you end up doing. So. Uh, the nation of Orsinium in the same year, uh, Third Era 399, the nation of Orsinium is refounded and begins fighting for its independence under the rule of Gortwag Gronagorm. Wow, that's... Mm. God bless me. That's... Yeah. Uh, the five-year war between the Khajiiti and the Bosmer comes to an end with the Khajiit claiming victory and expanding their lands just a little bit to the west along both banks of the Zylo River. And that was in the Third Era, year 399. The 5th century, Third Era, year 402. The War of Betany, 
takes place between Daggerfall of High Rock and Sentinel of Hammerfell. Citing an old contract that suggested Betany was the holding was a holding of Sentinel, war was declared on Daggerfall in attempt to reclaim the land. The war would end a year later with the death of Lysandus, the king of Daggerfall, in battle. His son, Gothrid, would defeat King Cameron in single combat, and Sentinel would be surrendered. Uh, or Sentinel would surrender Betany and pass under control of Daggerfall. This one's kind of confusing. You've got to read a lot to understand what the War of Betany actually was. Right. So I apologize for just summarizing that, but I don't want to spend all night explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> the third era, year 410, the sixth house undergoes substantial expansion in Vardenfell. Operatives of the house exploit smuggling operations and communications to further their reach among those trying to escape the control of Dagoth Ur. The sixth house would eventually inhabit every single town in Vardenfell. Now, just four years later, the city of Vardenfell, which was largely uninhabited and undeveloped previously, would be, re- would be reorganized as an imperial provincial district after an old temple ban on trade and settlement is revoked by the king of Morrowind, a gentleman named uh, by the name of King Lethen. Imperial colonists and people from all of the great houses would relocate to Vardenfell. Now, third era, year 417. This is a question that I'd had for a long time. What in the hell is the warp in the West? I've heard of it a billion times. I know you have as well, Jibs. I never took the time to figure out what the hell it was, and now I know. And the warp in the West occurs. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, enlighten me, because I actually have never heard of this. Yes. Until I've, today. Yeah. So I, I figured it out, anyway, because of, thank you, UESP, who has all my love, by the way. Um, and if you don't know who UESP is, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, they are my source for pretty much everything. I love them. Uh, third area, year 417, the warp in the West occurs. 44 independent kingdoms and jurisdictions in the Iliac Bay are condensed into just four. Daggerfall, Sentinel, Wayrest, and Orsinium. That is the warp in the West. Okay. It's as simple as that. It I... is a joining of 44 independent kingdoms that came together. That... That sounded like it should have been a larger event. It, yeah, it sounded like it should have been like a freaking dragon break or something like that. Yeah, but you know. It's, but, yeah, there it is. Uh, all right, um, cool. Okay, little fun fact. I think you'll like this one because it, it it talks of things and really alludes back to major story and plotline points that we've covered in the past. So I'm going to hit them just a little bit. Same year, third era, year 417. The tribunal members, Almalexia and Sothasil, lose the magical artifacts of Keening and Sunder to the forces of Dagoth Ur during a battle at Red Mountain. Let me explain a little bit about this. Keening and Sunder were magical artifacts that unlocked the power of the Heart of Lorcan, which was buried deep in the Red Mountain. Tribunal members Almalexia and Sothasil were two of the three, two of the trio 
Avalmalexius, Sothacil, and Vivek, which is also known as Almsivi, that trio. Sothacil had, I don't even want to say tricked, I would say convinced both Almalexia and Vivek to use the tools of Kagradak to access the true power in the heart of Lorcan, and they all ascended to godhood, basically. They were living gods. That is why I feel that Sothaseel is such a douchebag. Despite all of the other stuff he does, he betrayed the, the Adra by breaking a pact with the Adra just for his own ascendancy. And that's what irritates me about Sothaseel. I know a lot of people love him, and that's totally fine. Because he was a genius. He made the Clockwork City. Genius. But I don't like dishonor. I hate it. In my own life, I hate dishonor. Mm. And that what that when you make a vow to somebody and then you break it specifically for your own gain, yeah, Cash don't like you. So Yeah. Anyway. I kind of feel that way about Vivek. But Yeah, Vivek was that guy was so disco. Oh There's, my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, this that occurs in this year. Amalexia and Sothacil lose Keening and Sunder. I mean, they've already ascended. They're living gods. And they go back periodically to the Red Mountain to refresh their godhood by communing with the Heart of Lorcan through Keening and Sunder, these two tools. Mm-hmm. Well, Dagoth Ur, who was originally entrusted with protecting the Red Mountain and the relics, turned as he was going crazy from the lust for power, turned and ended up fighting Almalexia and Sothacilla and Vivek to try and keep those tools for himself. So, somebody in chat, uh, Dana in chat, says that, so we know it's part of the timeline, that Vivek also had gold pants. (laughs) Jibs. For the record, the fun fact... (laughs) Goal pants. You know, whatever I wear on Friday nights is none of your concern. So I I love (laughs) goal. You are so fun to F with. I love you. Good times. Good times. So anyway, let me finish my fun fact. Hurry up. (laughs) Also occurring during this year, this is when tribunal members, Amalexia and Sothasil, lose the magical artifacts of Keening and Sunder to the fourth forces of Dagoth Ur during a battle at Red Mountain. Now, Vivek would come to their rescue, but the artifacts were never recovered. And without the tools and access to the heart of Lorcan, the trio becomes weaker. And we'll see what happens with Almalexia here pretty quick. Third era, year 421, the Levitation Act is passed across the Empire. I love this one. The Levitation Act is passed across the Empire making levitation magic of all kinds illegal to practice. Is that because of Vivek? I mean, like, what, what, why is this a thing? That's his thing, dude. He sits he sits crisscross applesauce, you know, in his freaking gold pants, and he's levitating. <laughs> he's like, so disco. He's so why, disco. Why is this a thing? I don't funny. know. <laughs> Love a freaking levitation act. Classic. Okay, uh, six years later in the third year, year 426... Without Kagranak's tools and access to the heart of Lorcan, 
Almalexia goes insane without her divine powers and kills fellow tribunal member Sotha Seal. Yeah. You know, I'm really not too upset about that. I know it's bad, but... Now, as part of a storyline, the Nerevarian would reforge Indural Nerevar's blade, called the True Flame, and use it to kill Amalexia in Clockwork City. During the same year, the Blood Moon Prophecy returns to Solstheim. This is totally different, obviously. Under the control of the Daedric Prince Hercene, the prophecy returns once every era. Are you you all right? You... I burped, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, excuse me. You know, I'm, you know, just make sure you're stroking out on me. Uh, during this time, though, Hercene is defeated at his own game by the Nerevarian. Third Era, Year 432. The third edition of A Pocket Guide to the Emperor Empire is published by the Imperial Geographical Society an outfit now responsible for the outlining and preservation of historical facts within the Empire. In the third year, year 433, the Oblivion Crisis takes place. Now, I know you all know what this one's about. Oh, man. Oblivion Gates, yes. Oblivion Gates across Tamriel open as a result of Mehrun's Dagon and his cult, awesome, the Mythic Dawn. Also during this year, the Crystal Tower in Somerset is destroyed by Daedra. And Daedra also sacked Aldrune on Vardenfell during the same exact time frame. Oh. Now, sad state of affairs in the third era, year 433. Marco, the King of Worms, falls in single combat against the Mages Guild's newest Archmage with the help of Archmage... Hannibal Traven. Poor guy. Oh, darn. He died. We're (laughs) almost there. We're almost there, my friends. During the same year, which was the third area, year 433, internal strife within the Dark Brotherhood results in the assassination of half of the Black Hand and the destruction of the Sanctuary at Chadenhall. You may or may not be part of that as a player in the Elder Scrolls. No but not online. Um, the Knights of the Nine in that same year are reformed following several Daedric attacks on clergymen, which prompted the reunification of Pelinal Whitestrake's Lost Crusaders relics. They were like, hell no. He's getting gang back together. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, at the very end of the era, as part of the return of Jigalag, the Daedric Prince Shigorath opens a portal in Nibbin Bay and invites a mortal champion to enter the Shivering Isles. Oh, Shio. Yeah, y'all remember that one. That is DLC from Oblivion, I believe. Yeah. Shivering Isles. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry for that long, drawn-out lore lesson, but the third <laughs> era was really freaking busy, my friends. Yeah, it was. I yeah. mean, that you know, that's uh, that was a busy time. That's all, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah. But, anywho. Oh, all right, friends. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us here today on the Lord Seekers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we want to hear from you. You know, we hope that you listen 
or we hope you leave reviews wherever you're listening from, wherever, whatever app you're using. But uh, at the end of the day, if you use iTunes, we give you a five-star a five-star review. Wow, a shout-out for every five-star review that we get. And that being said, we got uh, some here today. First one up from Big Tap One from the USA says, This podcast is a great tool for new and casual players alike. Jibs and Cash have the chemistry of old friends and the passion of school children. That is so freaking accurate. <laughs> you could Big tell Tap from... nailed us. You could tell... tell wow. Tell... From the start, how much they enjoy ESO. The show is perfect mix of witty, ban- witty banter, ESO news, role-playing, and, of course, the lore. They strive to create a smooth, ca- a smooth, casual, yet serious gaming environment. The PCNA Guild is... I'm sorry. The PCNA Guild is run like no other and is accepting of all skill-level players. There is no lack of knowledge and assistance when asked... Four, and there is always something fun going on. If you want to learn how to play ESO and understand the story of the game, this podcast is a must. Bravo, guys. I look forward to more adventures and laughs with you guys in the future. Tap. Thank you, Thank man. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And we um, we do pride ourselves on our guild and and how we, we do. We run a tight ship. We really do run a tight ship, and I think people enjoy that. And it's not just PCNA. I mean, I know that's where Tap's experiences are from, but... All of our guilds are run with very similar-minded folks to us. We just happen to play PCNA. But our all of our folks across all of our platforms are extensions of Jibs and I, and they do an outstanding job running those guilds. Yeah, Thank they really you. do. They really, really do. Uh, Ren, our Skylar EC from the USA, says, I've been on Elder Scrolls Online for over two years, and nothing has got me more excited for the game than this podcast. Oh. I listen to it at work and it keeps me from wanting to punch people. <laughs> I love it so bad. Well, that like got oh. my heartstrings and then it made me laughs. Yep. You nailed it. Thank you. You, you did good. The heartstrings followed by a laugh. Well, thank you very much, Ren. We really appreciate it. That was very kind. Uh, also, so if you want to call us, you want to be a part of the mailbag segment, well, here's the dealio. Give us a call 765 382 6961. Please try to keep your voicemails around one second or less if you'd uh, like to see them potentially on the show. Or you can always email us, loresecretspodcast at gmail.com. Now, like Cash mentioned earlier, we have a guild, and we are literally all over the globe. We've got people, countries, everywhere. And uh, if you want to come forge new relationships with fellow lore seekers, fellow Elder Scrolls friends, good, good, good people, check out our community. Do we have Lord Kazakhstan? I don't know. We got to get Kazakhstan. We need Kazakhstan? Yeah. I like right. Kazakh. I'll make a call. That's nice. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> LordSickersPodcast.com forward slash guild. You can read and learn all about the guild and community and uh, learn how you can meet some wonderful people. Now, you can find this show wherever podcasts are free. This includes iTunes, Stitcher, all the, where, wherever they're free. We're there. All day, every day. And if you're looking for even more Lore Seeker content, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lore Seekers, or go to www.loreseekerspodcast.com. Cash, where can can they find us on Twitter? You can find us on Twitter at Lore Seekers Cast. You can find Jibs on Twitter at Jibs IRL. Myself on Twitter at Lore Seeker Cash. The cash is with a K. You can also find us on Instagram at Lore Seekers. 
and right here on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash loreseekers podcast. And join some of our streams. Jibs and I have been streaming uh, much more lately. And even yeah. if we're just hopping in for an hour and a half or two hours, it's been a lot of fun. Lot we get to interact with you all and we're all just, just shucking and jiving and tossing jokes and it's a great time while we play so so hop in there and uh and hang out yes. with us and help us build our channel yeah yeah we're uh well we're we close to you know just for a couple dudes who have careers and families and enjoy streaming we got a lot of people that show up and we really appreciate everyone all the way yeah, by the way everyone awesome. here uh and it'd be fun to get the partner just for fun you know and uh, we appreciate everyone's support so anyway we hope you all had a great have a great week stay safe be awesome to each other and uh we love you. Thanks so much for your support. We'll see you next week. Dilly freaking dilly.